What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Cheese Focus First and 10. You are here with JP and Caleb, and we have got a special guest on. We are so happy to have him on. It is BJ Kissel. What's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, guys? Appreciate you having me on. Man, we are so happy you are on. Um, thanks for coming on. Thank you again, BJ. Thank you. Hey, no so, problem, guys. I'm excited. So uh, you've been doing some extracurricular stuff here now. <laughs> we, we might as well just talk about this. I mean, you got something going here, man. So why don't you tell everybody what you got going on? Yeah, it's been a busy few months. Um, you know, long story short, you know, I've been creating content you know, around the Chiefs at different platforms for more than a decade. And I've learned some things in doing that, whether it was, you know, that Arrowhead Pride, Bleacher Report, and then, you know, working six years for the Chiefs organization. Uh, You learn things as you go and you learn kind of the digital media space. You learn Chiefs fans and how they absorb and consume content and how you facilitate discussions with them that, you know, isn't you talking at them, talking, you know, with them, having conversations with them and providing information and providing some nuggets behind the scenes and having those conversations without, you know, pretending to be a know-it-all at the same time, because it's a fine line, uh, especially, you know, when you're in some of those positions. Uh, But got that experience and, you know, had a chance over the years to develop some really good relationships with a lot of people. Um, And, you know, you look at this, not to get into the business of media, but you looked at just the, how everything's set up right now for a freelance perspective, for freelance writers, for freelance podcasters, you got guys doing stuff like yourself. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of stuff going on and it's how do you separate yourself? How do you make it different? And I had an idea of putting a, a collective group of cheese content creators together that gives you a little bit of everything. So, you know, I was able to put, you know, the top three analysts from Arrowhead Pride and Kent Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Uh, those guys have been grinding out content for Vox Media mm-hmm. and SB Nation for a long time uh, as, you know, part-time jobs kind of on the side and they've got their stipend and um, not to get in again to the business side of it, but there's a certain, you know, amount of work that goes in. There's a certain amount of pay that comes out and, so those guys were open to, to trying something new, having a little bit more ownership of something, if we could put something together that made sense. Uh, so kind of had that, those guys on board. And then I had good relationships with a couple of foreign players and Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen, offensive lineman and defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both have personalities. They're both phenomenally just good dudes, uh, but also not going to give in on their opinions. So I'm really excited uh, to see those two guys. They're going to have a weekly podcast on our network, bringing kind of that player's perspective for two guys that played for Coach Reed and kind of know how he runs his ship and how things are set up uh, in that perspective. And then myself and Nick Lucky, we've been podcasting together for a couple of years and a couple of different show names, a couple of different places, but our Outside the Trenches show. Uh, it's a little bit more perspective based. I share stories of just, you know, kind of being around uh, from the media end of just kind of how things work and why things are reported 
the way that they are yeah. uh and then just kind of the media cycle of everything and then just perspective of being a chiefs fan and creating content for the last 10 years so uh, you put all of those guys together, then you drop a, a credentialed beat writer and Matt Derrick kind of on top. Uh, and I've had a great relationship with Matt for the last few years. And uh, he had an opportunity with uh, everything he's doing at Chiefs Digest, uh, his website, to, to kind of add some more to his plate. And so he joined us um, as a writer as well. And so basically, we've got a daily newsletter. We've got daily podcasts from all of us, uh, five different shows a week. Uh, five morning newsletters and then content all throughout the day sent straight to your email via Substack, and then a bunch of podcasts that uh, we think are going to be pretty entertaining. Um, we've got a couple more shows that we haven't even announced yet uh, that we'll announce as we get closer to the season uh, with some more Chiefs related content going into the year. That's, that's awesome, it. I, that, that's I'm awesome. not going to talk anymore. That was the longest <laughs> no, that's deal awesome. I've ever given on KC Sports Network, but that's what it is. It's a bunch of freelancers who got together to decide you know what, we can take ownership. We're going to bet on ourselves a little bit. And we've been creating content for a long time and Chiefs fans find value in that. And we think if we created a new platform that we kind of owned ourselves and was owned locally uh, in that way that uh, people would find value in that and they'd still continue consuming our content. And so that's what we're doing. That's well, awesome. one thing I've noticed about Chiefs fans, they love positive uh, content. I know BJ seeing the stuff you've done for years. I think people are in for a great time next yeah, few years so definitely it's gonna be a good time i think that's it's been the biggest surprise is people thought when i left the chief they call it uncensored bj just because i swear a little bit more but <laughs> they thought that all of a sudden i was gonna be this huge negative per like now you can say whatever you want i was like i'm saying what i believed yeah i just yeah. i'm a i'm always going to like be that optimist when it comes to the chiefs i grew up a fan i was yeah that's tickets mm-hmm. and you know section 338 with my dad growing up so like i I'm always going to be rooting for the team. That's never going to leave. But uh, if you expect me all of a sudden just to be mother this and this guy should be fired and get rid yeah. of that guy. That yeah. guy sucks. Like, yeah. come on. I have too yeah. much respect for what those guys do in the time they yeah. put in. Exactly. Uh, you know, so- now that I've seen it, and I don't even have to know the player to know what it took for him to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, who yeah. am I to say that guy's not good at what he does? Like, and, For me personally, I don't what- feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. Other people, you do you. Exactly. Just for me, that, I can't do that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, BJ. And that's one thing I've always noticed when it comes to like everyone's kind of worried about the player and said they should be fired. I'm like, it takes players very, it's a, very meticulous. It takes them a lot of time to get to the league itself. And there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And for people to say, I know a couple years ago, no one loved Philip Gaines. Is okay, I can say he wasn't the best player, but he made it because he grinded. I mean, he's not no scrub. So just to kind of see. There's the I don't, there's always a disconnect between the fans sometimes in the game. It's like it's not as easy as you think because no one can just get off the couch and start training. Get the NFL, it, you're gonna have to go through years and years and years of grinding and working and selling a film order to even get to that point. Well, we tried to explain I, I that funny, on the show. You know, for a funny years story about we've Philip tried Gaines, to do that. Yeah. What's oh, okay. that? Spit it out. Uh, Chris Ballard told me years ago before he left the Chiefs that. Uh, I can't remember the name of the coach, but it was one of, they may have been the position coach at Rice mm-hmm. that Philip Gaines had that Chris Ballard had known for a long time from his history down in the UTEP uh, recruiting, like the down in that world that it's, it becomes a very small world when these mm-hmm. GMs all move up. They all had, you know, been in the game together. Yeah. But he told me that that coach he had known for, you know, 20 years told him that Philip Gaines is the most mentally tough player he'd ever coached. Wow, and so mm-hmm. we Chiefs fans can say like that guy didn't get his head turned around on that play like he sucks. Yeah, uh, they should cut him. And then you've got the number two GM at the Chiefs who's got a guy that he's worked with for twenty years, one of the best personnel evaluators in the league. 
is being told like this guy's mentally tough so if he doesn't get his head around you don't have to worry about him sulking like he's mm-hmm. gonna get right back up there and try again as a coach and as an evaluator that's all you can ask for for a player who's got the mental or the physical abilities that he does and if the mental side checks out you're gonna keep giving that guy opportunities so yeah, exactly yeah, it's anything about what Gaines played but like you he like when you mentioned that about Gaines, it just reminded me like that's that's the real part behind mm-hmm. the scenes of the real work that goes in instead of just watching one play make the guy sucks exactly well, that's, that's what we, we've run into that, that point we've run into this for so long you know whether it be twitter or during the show you know we get we get fan questions and it's always the same negativity you know it's why did so and so not why is he still on the field why is this guy still on the, you know they've been slamming Traverius ward since the day he signed the day we drafted him and i have defended this guy to the end of the earth and caleb will tell you this i have i told everybody this, this guy is an absolute star in that position and the cornerback position and i you know I mean, i'm sure you probably have the same or hopefully you have the same mindset that is an extremely tough position to play in this league especially now you have absolutely no leverage you have no leeway you have everything you're doing you're watching you know, you're watching the quarterback, you're watching two wide receivers. If you have no help over the top, you've got to make sure the refs aren't going to flag you for every single thing you do. He is one of the, in my opinion, a mentally tough guy because he's dealt with all this bullshit that he's had to hear from the fan standpoint about how he's, you know, he didn't have any interceptions. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. You know, there's so many different aspects to just that position alone that I think he's done so well as a player and as a person to be able to handle, especially his upbringing and not upbringing as far as a lifestyle, but how he had to come up, you know, yeah. there was a point where you, you know, I mean, they didn't think he was ever going to walk and here he is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So all these couch coaches is what I like to call them are sitting there bitching about these players, but yet they couldn't last five minutes on a practice field with them. Yeah. So, I just, if you ask enough questions with people when they start doubting it, you can figure out who has thought through every aspect of it. It's like, if you don't like Charvarius Ward, what do you not like about his game? Cause he's not getting mm-hmm. paid a lot of money right now. He's on a yeah. deal. Yeah. So he's cheap and he's a starter and you can't have second contract players all over the place. Exactly. Like you, from a salary cap, your roster composition, you have to have guys starting at positions on rookie deals. So Traverius Ward is a gold mine to have a high value position like that and have a guy, Legereus Need is going to be too for the next yeah. two, three years before they have to pay him. Yeah. Like you need to have guys on rookie deals who are playing. And when you get them at high value spots where you have to pay the replacements a lot of money, Traverius Ward doesn't work out. The replacement is going to get a veteran who's going to cost you I mean, what Steve, Steve Nelson makes $8 million a year. Yeah, that's the floor. So you're looking like $12 million just to get an average play. That's just the market. Yeah. Like people say like that mm-hmm. player's not worth that money. That's what drives me crazy about the Frank Clark deal. So if you guys are yeah, anti-Frank, don't one, have yeah. the conversation with me. Yeah. It's oh, not I'm not anti-Frank. Pl- no. Okay. We it's not about not. the player. The contract was based on the market not mm-hmm. on anything else you can't hold them to that you hold them oh, to the yeah. market that's why like Kirk Cousins got paid Sam Bradford is like the best <laughs> made like 200 Did million dollars playing football and like nobody mm-hmm. held his hand to the fire about it yeah but anyway I don't want to go off on that tangent no you're good no no I'm no saying, like, the roster I mean, composition you've you've got to figure out what your kind of um what your metrics are for how you're going like your kpis whatever however you want to determine it like what are you looking for to determine whether or not a player was valuable in that spot i had a unique perspective especially with frank as well because i got to see what he and tyron did 
as leaders in that. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In that room. JP, you and I talked about this. Yep. To go from, and nothing against Justin or Eric, um, Justin Houston, Eric Berry. Those were two best friends that were a certain kind of leader. They didn't like talking to the media. They didn't, they were different personality than Frank and Tyron. And there was a different standard. I don't know how to explain it without anyone thinking I'm throwing shade anywhere because I'm not. It was yeah. just it, the mindset completely changed. Yeah. And I give all of the credit to Tyron because he is the get everybody on board and yep. bring everybody together. Frank exactly. is the just kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. do like the Alvin <laughs> Mack, like just kill them yeah. all. Yeah. Um, so it was, I have that perspective of the mindset that Frank came in and I knew what he was playing through physically uh, with his stomach going into Mexico City and that whole year where he was getting trashed, oh knowing that yeah. he was doing everything exactly. he could to get on the field. Caleb, like, how many times I, did I say that? I mean, uh, you weren't wrong, JP. It was frustrating. It's mm-hmm. still frustrating because I didn't bring it up, you don't win the Super Bowl without that dude. Well, and that's the oh, thing. Yeah. I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring up. I knew what was going on with him. And a lot of fans were asking what's going on with Clark, what's going on with this. I didn't want to bring up the specifics behind his stomach issues because it's not my yeah. business. It's if he yeah. wants that out, then that's his business. I knew it, but I wasn't going to say anything. We've talked about it on the show numerous times. We get so irritated. I mean, I will blast somebody on Twitter for, for trashing him because honestly his, and we, you and I had talked about this prior. You're, if you can bring a player in that changes the mentality of an entire football team, mm-hmm. one or two players that just completely change the mindset of an entire team, an entire defense, whatever the case may be, that is worth its weight in gold right there. Frank has had his issues with his stomach. He had a couple other issues, you know, with injuries, but he's also not had a whole lot of help when he's double covered. And he played through him. And he played through him. That's the difference. Yeah. He couldn't do a bull rush with his left arm like that entire season. Yeah. Like he couldn't, like he half, he couldn't do half, like he couldn't do anything he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't know until the end, but yeah. uh, Once you, you're the team insider and you realize that knowing is cool until knowing is the difference between it getting out and them exactly if you're yeah. a leak and then you lose your job and you're like, I don't yeah. want to know anything. Like, don't yeah. want to tell me anything. Yep. I just want to go home to my kids and yep. write this article. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> it's the mindset. Everyone's like, oh, it's cool. It's like, yeah, until it wasn't. Until, <laughs> until it, wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah. Until, until you yeah. learned what, until you learned what knowing meant. Exactly. Like, so oh, you get that now letter. I'm on a list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm on a list. Great. <laughs> I know, Don't tell me. I, I know one thing kind of looking at uh, actually just kind of looking through the season, uh, BJ, do you think uh, Frank's going to have a bounce back year compared to last year? I know his sack numbers were kind of down, but he was pretty consistent. Do you think he's going to maybe take that next step? 
adding those new additions we have on the defensive line in the draft and via free agency? I'll always bet on him bouncing back. I know he's going to be healthier uh, than he was going into last year. Hopefully, Taco uh, and, and Jaron Reed's going to help. Um, and hopefully, Taco can stay healthy. And the rest of the additions that they made and just getting more comfortable in the defense, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of platitudes, like cliches and stuff. But I'm always going to believe in that dude because that dude would be playing football if he didn't get paid. And now we can talk about how much money he gets paid. Frank Clark would be playing football if he didn't get paid to do it. That's exactly. what the game means. Coach Reed would be coaching the game. Tyron Matthew would be out there screaming at random people walking by him to try to get him lined up. And they're like, I'm just walking my dog. And he's like, get yeah. out of here. Like he just, <laughs> he, that's how he's wired. These are football people. Yeah. Uh, these guys who do, don't want to take from the game. They're trying to give back to the game and honor the game because of what it's done for them in their lives. Exactly. And they have that mindset. And it's a beautiful thing to be around when you see it. Um, and then when you see the light switch on and you see him, just become completely different people and they step yeah. out on the lines uh it's it's a cool it's a cool thing to see up close and you know, it's so funny you say that because i've talked about this about Derek thomas for years mm-hmm. and because uh, you, uh, you and i've had this conversation but you know him and i hung around together for 11 years we didn't even realize we lived four doors from each other until you know i ended up in a freaking football game one day but regardless he was it was so funny because everybody used to complain about him because he didn't like to work out he just didn't, but he didn't have to. Derek had such a different mentality off the field compared to on the field. And it it was so entertaining to watch him because you stand on the sidelines and when you walk into the facility with him, he's joking, he's laughing, he's giggling, he's having a good old time. I swear to God, if he saw Elway, it was like his eyes changed, his mind changed, his whole body stiffened up. And yeah. you knew, okay, well, it's probably just either time to stay away from him or whatever you do, don't piss him off. Chris because Jones he's kind of come like that with some people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, Chris, yeah. exactly. I think uh, one of them's name's Brady, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, but one of them's not a quarterback either. And yeah. Yeah. Who, week, week two is going to be fun. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Okay. That's going to be an interesting matchup yeah. then. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But yeah, that's just how Derek was. And, you know, everybody used to ask me all the time. He knows he always liked that. Is no, I mean, we would have a barbecue at his house and you would never know he was a football player. You knew mm-hmm. you didn't know unless you knew what he did, you had no clue how intense he got on the field. It was just a yeah. he was a different person. But Marty used to tease him all the time. And Marty, why the hell don't you work out? Why don't you mm-hmm. want it? You know, he just even JJ, JJ and I talk a lot, and JJ has been on our show. And I think Caleb was on the show at the time when we were talking about Derek, and he said. Derek was the laziest guy I ever met. Mm-hmm. He just didn't want to work out. It wasn't that he was lazy. He just didn't have to do it. He was just that good. He did. He practiced his moves. He did a lot of different things that most guys didn't do other than hit the gym, work out, lift yeah. some weights. Derek did a different way of working out. It'd be a phenomenal podcast would be, would Derek Thomas thrive under Andy Reid? A hundred percent. You know what? We've, right. had that, we've had that conversation. Really? Today. Yeah, we actually have. And we've talked about players that we thought would do well in this era of football. In I this era, know. yes. I'm talking about the way that Andy oh, Reid runs his shit. That, I don't think so. No. I don't think that Derek would do very well. You gotta be on time. You gotta yeah. be there. Yeah. You Derek gotta never be locked in. If Derek, no. Derek's <laughs> on time I've heard a lot of stories. Minutes. Oh man, believe me. Derek's on time was 15 <laughs> to 30 minutes late. That was oh, his no. own time. Yeah. yeah, no, no. That's kidding. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, 
it's a it would be a phenomenal discussion with people that that either knew Derek of those stories I can't say that I ever met him uh, but I heard a lot of stories about him um, but then how players have to be under coach Reed oh yeah it's different and, yeah yeah he, Marty dealt with a cool it. discussion yeah Marty dealt with uh, it. and it just was it, look w- Marty had this philosophy that you know with with guys that came out onto the field and did the things that he did he would give them some leeway now JJ yeah. Totally different guy. If you were supposed to be there at seven thirty, JJ there was five five a.m. That's just how he was. But you got to remember, he came in the league is probably the smallest wide receiver to play the game, you know. And they actually inflated his weight and his height because Marty was scared that they would target him. And I remember Marty saying, "No, you don't weigh one fifty seven. You weigh one eighty. And JJ said, "What?" He goes, "No, you weigh one eighty. It's just the way it is. You're five eleven, one eighty. JJ's not 180. He's never been 180. He's what I think his heaviest weight was maybe 162. He weighs 157 right now and he's 55 years old. And he looks physically like he did when he was 25 years old. He's in fantastic condition. But yeah. it you're right, under Coach Reed, the way he runs everything and everybody has to be on time, do their job, do what they're supposed to do, keep their practices up. I don't know if Derek would have lasted very long. You know, I mean, as far as that's concerned. It would have been beautiful for a couple of years, but yeah. It, I, yeah. Yeah. He can't, especially right. because he's so good that everybody mm-hmm. would be looking to him. And especially in today's day and age, exactly. if he's going to do it, then I get to do it. And if he gets yeah. to act like that, I get to act yeah. like that. And that, yeah. yeah. That's why they, yep. you have guys like Tyron and Frank and Mahomes, like they keep everyone mm-hmm. locked in as best yeah. they can. It's still fun. But business, they take care of business and then they can check out. Exactly. You're not wrong there. Just looking at the whole tenacity of this team, just the way they will change from having the 31st ranked defense you said earlier to have one of the top 10 defenses at at the end of that season. And then even now they're doing very well. Do you think this defense, BJ, do you think this defense is going to maybe take even another further step? Because last year the Chiefs went, what, 14 and 2. So do you think they're going to improve that record? I mean, Mahomes was like 20 and 0, possibly. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? I think they can improve on the defensive side. I don't know what the record's going to end up being because you can mm-hmm. go back to a lot of the games. They ended up winning, and it's always like four or five plays exactly, that can go yeah. one way or another. The yeah. Chiefs were fortunate with some dropped interceptions that would have you know, changed mm-hmm. that final record. So it's kind of like they were in every game. If, if they play well in a game, they're going to beat 80% of the teams, and in a couple of them they have to play really well. Um, to be to be a good team like a Baltimore, like you can't go and play average and have Baltimore play pretty good and expect to win that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to watch um, how it breaks down with Mahomes. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm trying yeah, to bring no, it back, good. and I could. It, it, Mahomes what were you guys asking about? Sorry. Mahomes, oh. his, his mindset about going 20-0, mainly. And if the defense is going to step up and really help. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the big, the two guys that I'm most looking forward to on the defense as far as that whole group stepping up, because I expect everyone to play the level they're capable of playing. I think Jaron Reed probably hasn't been talked about enough uh, for what mm-hmm. he's going to do as an addition. Um, again, not doing a lot of the sexy stuff, but he's going to be doing a lot of the things that we talk about all the time. And it's almost cliche at this point, but you're going to see Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and you're going to see the linebackers. It's Willie Gay or Nick Bolton, somebody flying through and making a big play. And everyone's going to give credit to the guy who made the tackle 
And when you watch the replay, you're going to see the big dude in there, like taking up space and moving bodies around Mm -hmm. and create lanes for those guys to run through. And then you're going to read it on KC Sports Network. You're going to hear it on your guys' podcast because you guys pay attention. Uh, Hey, let's give Jaron Reed some credit up front. He's making those guys' lives easier. So when you ask Nick Fulton after the game, he's like, yeah, I had four yards to run through and nobody in my (laughs) way. Like, yeah, I made the tackle because that's my job. Yeah, Um, yeah. So yeah, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay are the two that I'm excited to see because I don't think at Hitchens' age, and I'm a huge Anthony Hitchens fan because I know... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Really what he does for the defense. Um, but to have him go through an entire season at that position, older in his career without getting hurt, um, or missing a couple of games here or there, I think... You're gonna need that, and you need yeah. those lines. You need Willie Gay to take a step forward. Yeah, uh, you need um, Nick Bolton to step in and make some kind of an impact. And then Ben Neiman's gonna have his role, um, and Daniel Sorensen is gonna have his role in this defense. And you need hmm. those guys that that know what they're doing. Uh, in my opinion, those guys are are counted upon by Steve Spagnuolo to go out there and do their jobs and make sure they know what they're doing. Well, it's uh, so funny you say that too, because people really slammed when we gave Neiman that contract they slammed him you know it's like what the hell did we resign him for again you know it's, it, you can go backwards and you can look at like daniel okay he's a great example you went from the bob sunt era of ben don't break you know i don't give a shit if they get four or five hundred yards in the field as long as you keep him out of the end zone okay it, daniel didn't he wasn't utilized correctly and when spagnola came in that changed and by the way, mm. that news that you just brought something up was kind of comical when you said the interceptions that were dropped. That's a new stat. Mm. I don't know if you knew that, but that's now a yeah, stat. Yeah, I don't trust the stat that I saw because I watched enough games where there were some passes that Mahomes threw that should have been intercepted that weren't in some yeah. big situations where you well, just kind of brush it off. Them. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know about 19. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah, there, there, were some in, there were some in some big situations. So I, the whole point is just say that four or five plays every game could change it in one favor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the record is going to be, but I do expect there to be three or four different times throughout the season where like the Chiefs won that game because of their defense. Like yeah. At some point, the offense, they're going to be great the first four weeks and they kind of go into a lull, put it in cruise control, whatever yeah. narratives the media decides to put out there yeah. and then ask the questions of and then the players respond to it and then it confirms the narrative that the player was asked about by the media controlling his own narrative. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. anybody followed that, but it's what happens. I did. Um, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You ask questions and then they have asked and then that's what is happening. 
because yeah. that's what the questions were asked. So exactly. you go to a press conference and I ask about Byron Pringle five times in one presser at training camp and say the next day I go and ask a couple more questions about Byron Pringle. Guess what? There's a lot of media people talking about Byron Pringle and then it's, mm-hmm. hey, is he going to make an impact? And everyone's like, hey, Byron Pringle's doing stuff because everybody's yeah. talking about him. I was like, no, mm-hmm. I just asked about him. I'm yeah. not a presser. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, yeah. sorry to That's burst funny. that bubble. Oh, no, you're no, it's actually, you're but... right. I mean, it's so... That game behind it, it's just once, yeah, yeah. People don't get that aspect of it. They, you know, they 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 hear what they want to hear. It's almost like selective hearing to a degree, and they they read into certain things that aren't there. You know, I mean, Tyron can put out a tweet, and then all of a sudden he's not getting, you know, he's not getting extension because he put out a tweet about some girl or his girlfriend or you know he he loves his daughter. I mean, guy says I love my daughter, and then oh god, he's not getting a contract. Oh, please come back, please come back. What the where are you coming up with this shit? The guy said he loved his daughter. Does that mean he's not coming back to the yeah. Chiefs? No, I wouldn't say Tyron not. did it, but if I was a player, I would totally mess with fans. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah. in a heartbeat. Oh, easily. <laughs> I would be tweeting all people. Would I know hate somebody me that did. I know somebody that just did. like messing with people. You know mm-hmm. who did it was Chris. CJ did it. He messed with fans all the time. He put out little snippets of shit, and I knew it was shit. And I would tell people all the time, "Why do you read into this crap? He's messing with you." He does it on purpose. There's it's a reason why it is. It's fun for the fun guys. for me. I like yeah. watching it because I know it's what's so at. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But Uh-oh. you watch it, you kind of guess. You're like, they're probably messing with people. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so like, funny because they'll, they'll ask me questions because they knew I had some information here and there, and and they would ask me certain things, and I would throw out the eyeballs just to fuck with people. To be honest with you, I had no clue whether they were claiming or not, or if the, you know the contract was done. You know, like when Shady got signed, I found out mm-hmm. when he was being signed and I knew it was going to happen that Sunday night, but I put out, yeah, it's probably going to happen Sunday night, but it may happen Monday morning, but it's probably going to, they're probably going to announce it Sunday night. And they did that. I was being serious about it. I wasn't messing around. I wasn't playing with anybody. And then they asked about Le'Veon Bell. Well, I'd already known what was going on with Le'Veon, but I just put eyeballs out there. Oh my God, man. My DMs just blew up. I mean, one after another, after another, after another. I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to, you know, you, the last thing oh, you want to do, like do you said, good. it doesn't do any good. Number one. Number two, you can lose any respect that you have from the people that you know. And yep. again, like you said, you could get the the, 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 the little piece of paper folded up, you know, that says, figure your desk out. So you don't, you don't want to be in that position. Yeah, but even now, like I'm telling people right now, like I outside of some crazy scenario like i'm not gonna break news even if i have it like, Hell no. i don't want to be that guy because then guess yeah. what all of you people will be coming at me on twitter <laughs> like what's happening here what's happening exactly. here exactly. Exactly. one time oh, so you knew God. everything like no that's yeah. not what i do that's yeah. not what i want to do so if somebody mm-hmm. give me something like if i put this out there it's a very short term like yay everybody's talking like i broke news exactly and then the next week it's like go get another one exactly that's why beat writers who break news don't get overly excited about it because it doesn't matter like 24 yeah. hours later the news cycle and especially nowadays like even if you break the news on twitter everybody's gonna hijack it from you eight seconds yep. later oh and god no one's yeah. gonna cite it's you it's the wild wild west so yep yeah most reporters should cite the national guys don't cite any local guys because no. they just don't feel like they, they need, need to because you guys be putting the hard work yeah and sadly like that's one thing that was so so special about my friend Therese, like, and all of us, is that he broke news as a local guy. Yeah. And he went to bat on some big, like, he had Alex Smith's contract extension. Yeah. Uh, as a mm-hmm. CAA client with Tom Condon, and Therese got that. Like, that is 
for people that's who are huge. in the business, like that's a big time. And that that's is a huge. lot of respect that the player, the agent, the organization, everybody who could leak it to anyone else exactly uh, has for that dude and for it to work yeah. out that way. But um, yeah, breaking news, not fun. It's not. Don't and it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a process. And, you know, for a little while, I, you know, I, I mean, I knew when we were signing Sammy and I put that out and, oh my God, this shit that I got, cause I had it a couple of weeks prior to him actually anybody having it to be honest with you somebody had told me and i had it out there and then when he did sign it was you know throwing shit against the wall type of thing and uh, of course you know i got to the point i was telling caleb you know i got to the point where i just number one i don't want to break anybody's confidentiality i don't want anybody to say you know why the hell are you saying something if it's not you know we don't want it out and i don't want to break i don't want to it's it's their job it's not mine there's a key yeah, to it. There's there a is time a time that they want the information out there and they control Correct. that. So. Correct. Correct. Just because I know doesn't mean I'm going to say something. You know, it just is yeah. what it is. So uh, it, it's so different than what anybody we, wants to think it is, I guess. The, the way in which people break news and the reasons why, it's not as simple as Adam Sheffield is just the guy who break news. So everyone's just going to send him a text says, this is what's happening. It doesn't work like that. They no. give Adam Schefter that news because Adam, it's a relationship. Adam Schefter <laughs> exactly. has information that they want and they need. Exactly. And he and Ian Rappaport are very good at bartering information. They are information brokers. Yeah. And mm, the yeah. reward for them is getting to break news. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought exactly. that, uh, that Nick Rohan piece uh, years ago following Adam Schefter around on the first day of free agency was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can still find it on Sports Illustrated. It's one of my favorite long forms I've read. Uh, uh, and there's a video component to it. It is really cool that kind of breaks down that world. And I got to see it a few times at the combine being around mm-hmm. each um, and having the national media people come up and just hearing the conversations and how they talk to each other and how the information is passed along. Yeah. Um, I left being like, holy cow, like I just learned how this works. Yeah. In a couple of specific instances where like, real information traded the hands and I was just, oh, damn, like, that's yeah. how that happened. Okay, yeah. I was here for that. Yeah. Uh, and then I left and I <laughs> basically just wanted to say like, I wasn't there because now yeah. I realized I was there. <laughs> like <laughs> if it gets out, yeah, like, there's only they're three gonna automatically go, They're going right for your throat instead of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just like, guys, I wasn't there. I, yep. It's weird. I had this blank thing. I don't, was I there? What's yeah. happening? I was drunk. I don't know what happened. I was, I had <laughs> exactly. <dominion>. Self-preservation. <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> Yep, I know. Believe me. Um, so, oh, go ahead, JP. Go ahead, sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, go so ahead. BJ, as the one thing we've kind of noticed though with the Chiefs is they've always kind of had when it's come to free agency, they've been in. T- it's not really been reported, but they've like they've been able to like talk to players such as uh, Brown. Uh, I forgot. I'm blanking on his uh, Zeus Brown. Our life left tackle, no, Orlando Brown. My bad, Orlando yeah. Brown. It was they yeah. were there was people were saying yeah they may be talking to but they weren't getting stuff out there and it's been kind of we've seen a pattern the Chiefs have talked to the different players like um, Trent Williams, Schuster. Do you think there's a possibility that they could be talking to Julio? Do you think it's they could get him? I mean, I know his contract is crazy. I'm hearing he wants an extension. I don't know how true that is, but do you think Brett Veach is going to probably try to? work every every avenue possible to try to get him to Kansas City yeah I think every GM in the league is going to call on every player like mm-hmm. I when it's like so and so's reported in Julio Jones like no kidding I'd be surprised if every GM in the league didn't call and just like hey what is it going to take yeah. mm-hmm. like even if you don't even need a receiver you just be curious of what it's going to take because it establishes value 
for the market and everything else. Like it's all information that they want to, the more information you have, the more, the better you can make a decision, you know, with anything in life. So it's the same, even if you don't want Julio, you want to know what a receiver like that's going to go for at his contract. And if you get in there, you have conversations and who knows what else you can learn. Um, while going through that. So do I think Brett Veach has thought about adding Julio Jones? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like it's Brett Veach. Yeah. Like, of course he is. Yeah. Um, Brett Veach is never going to, Patrick Holmes is never going to want for weapons uh, as long as Brett Veach is the, the GM here. They wouldn't Definitely. do that to him. Um, they know they're golden goose and they know it's surra- surround that guy with weapons and you don't have to worry about, can he elevate? Like just make him uncoverable and it's going to work. Yeah. So uh, I would be surprised if they didn't have conversations about that. But again, you know, it's besides Joe Thune, that was the first player. And there'd probably be another example. They don't give a lot of multi-year deals out to guys mm-hmm. over the age of 30 with Brett Veach and Brent Tillis. Exactly. exactly. Back there. Uh, a lot of people put it on Brett. This is Brent and Chris's time uh, when it comes to negotiating new money for a player um, like Julio Jones. Now I know the player would want new money and new upfront money and new cash. Uh, but the Chiefs are looking, he's under contract for three years and we have to build this into a cap that's going to skyrocket. Uh, yes. So I, without knowing that process or what it looks like, it's a roster composition thing two, three years from now based on injury, based on age. Exactly. I honestly don't think the, sal- the $12.5 million salary cap in two years, even when he's 34, 35, whatever, however old he's going to be, will be a huge deal because the salary cap's going, what they say, like 22% up to like 22%. 204 of the cap. Exactly, yeah, 210. Something like that. Like yeah. with the way the Mahomes contract is structured, like they're not going to have an issue with the cap. No. For them, it's more you bring in Julio and say he's demanding that you give him new money there are other guys in line and again, I don't have any inside information, but just the dynamic in that locker room. And I had this conversation the other day on Twitter when guys have been here for two or three years and they've done everything the right way. They busted their tails. They bought into mm-hmm. the system. They've been good teammates and then it's their turn to get paid. And all of a sudden, even if you bring in a Julio, the best player in the league, and then that guy gets paid. And all of a sudden yeah. you go to that player who's been doing everything the right way and say, Hey, little bit longer but man we got julio yeah and that player while at the same time could be like man it's we're so much better because we got julio there is a very real aspect that andy reed understands and brett veach understands of that creates you do that enough to enough people it creates mm-hmm. a problem that you're not taking care of the guys that are taking care of you the right exactly. way building your program exactly. so i don't know who those guys are i don't know what that looks like but that's always going to be a part of that conversation with these young guys that are coming through doing things the right way um that are liked on this team that buy in you bring in these mercenaries you've got to be right like you've exactly. got to fit in mm-hmm. and they have to be the right mindset and i don't know anything about julio and i've never heard anything bad about him mm. uh, in any way shape or form like that I think it's just there's more at play than just this guy can make plays and here's yeah. his contract. There's a lot of di- roster composition dynamics that are important um, that they've got to come into effect. But yeah, you can overthink it. He's one of the best players in the league. Just get him on our team, Brett. No, yeah. I see. I see. Like, you, and that's the biggest possible, thing, too. Uh, what the we biggest, think the, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Sorry. What would we think of the possible compensation if they were to get Julio Jones? I think at this point, there's so many teams that would be involved that it actually would like drive the price down. Yeah. Um, okay. In like a weird way. I, if it's a first round pick, I think somebody got leveraged into it and the Falcons did a good job of squeezing that out of them. I don't think it's going to be one. It's going to be multiple picks, um, but maybe it includes a player. Maybe yeah. it's picks and a player. Um, yeah. 
And again, those are dynamic things that the Chiefs would have to understand if you're trading away a young player, a veteran player, what does that do to your locker room? Exactly. You know, how does that, how is that perceived? Um, and a big picture type of deal. But at the end of the day, like he's a great player. He's always teammates. Everybody's always said great things about Julio Jones. He's one of the best mm. receivers in the league for the last decade. So absolutely. Yeah. You want that guy on the team. Let's not overthink that part of it. Yeah. Um, but it's not as, as simple Easy. as anyone. Yeah. It, there's a lot of dynamics that are at play. Correct. And we've talked about that. You know, it's a situation that, you know, with his contract, the way it is right now and what he's due this year. Um, and it's been, speculated and talked about a lot but uh, you know Atlanta's going to have to eat some of that money I mean if, if yeah. you know it's going to want to come here too and yeah. he does, exactly and that's you know, part of it that's the biggest thing and I think you know he has made it very well known that he wants to play for a contender and he wants to play for a team that actually has a chance and you know right now I don't know of another team in the AFC that has a better chance than we do to get to the Super Bowl again but uh, with that being said you have to look at it like you said it's a, it's such a huge dynamic when it comes to compensation and what we have to give up what Atlanta has to give up to be able to make that work because again he is 32 years old I don't know too many teams out there well I can't say that Brett Veach and Andy are smart enough to know we're not going to give a multi-year deal to a 32 year old guy wide receiver that we don't know how he's going to be a year from now two years from now or four years from now you know it's kind of like the Trent Williams situation I wasn't upset that we didn't give him the money that he got from San Francisco. I was not upset about that. You're talking about a 33-year-old offensive lineman that just came off an injury-riddled season that wanted all of that money. And we've seen, I mean, I've known Willie's for, you know, since 2003. I've seen that guy on a Wednesday walk around with a cane and on, and yeah, on Sunday with a nice, and he'll admit it, with a nice shot at toward uh, all, he's playing very well. But we don't know what these players are going to be like a year from now or two years from now. So if somebody like Beach or another, there's, I'm sure, you know, Gruden would probably give up freaking half his staff to bring Julio in just to piss us off or to try to go against us. But again, it's not going to benefit us in any way by, and like you said, you don't know what it's going to do to the dynamic of the locker room by giving up a young player that everybody has finally gelled with. And then you're, and what's it saying to the rest of the young players? We're expendable for a 32 year old player that is got a huge contract. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, part it, of it. Yeah, and yeah. you never know; it's all hypothetical. But yeah, it. Yeah, so it's just it, it's it's a difficult situation. Who is gonna want to come here? I think a lot of times fans will also just assume that because the Chiefs are good and they're a contender, that Julio would just automatically want to come here. And it might not be nothing against Kansas City, but he might have best friends. He might have exactly reasons that we couldn't that will never become public of why he's got his heart mm-hmm. set on Nashville and one other place you know what I mean like some yeah. other place that Chiefs fans will look at me like he thinks that's a contender he just uses that word because he's not going to be like hey I want to go here because of this one really personal reason I don't exactly. really care about the football aspect of it yeah. they're also human beings exactly. like you get to go pick exactly. where you want to live just because I could have a badass job and um freaking st louis i would never move to st louis yeah exactly so, yeah yeah I, I, it's 100 100 right so that's uh that's the dynamic that i think a lot of fans don't realize when it comes to this is that you know the player has to want a player they have to fit within our system and fit well and you know that we have a different dynamic within the locker room that i can say i haven't seen since i'm just saying it wasn't even that good in the 90s 
you know, when I was around all those guys, it was great, but it wasn't like it is now. We have a different dynamic of players that tend to, they just gel so well with each other. And I don't know. They genuinely like each other. That's, that's it. There you go. They, they like, genuinely like spending time with each other. A lot of exactly. time. Exactly. Guys don't, they, they didn't, hunt. yeah, exactly. They didn't hang around each other back in the day. And when the season was over, they didn't talk to each other for three months. I mean, they just didn't, you know. <laughs> now these guys are out playing golf together. They're in tournaments. They're doing this. I mean, look at Kelsey and Mahomes. I mean, they're constantly together. You know, uh, yep. Tyreek and, 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 and uh, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Jeter. He's, he's always, he's always you know, playing video games. But yeah, these guys are hanging out so much. Like the offensive linemen have been getting together, the defensive linemen. I didn't even realize until like four years into my six-year career that the, every position group, they go out and have dinner together. Yeah. Oh, and, like wow. You never see the pictures. Like these guys mm-hmm. would hang out together. They'd have barbecues over at their houses. Yeah. And just like, yeah, Mondays is the O-line barbecue. It's like, how long have you been doing that? And they're like, two years. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I never <laughs> knew this? I don't know why I would never ask, but yeah. it's also just, there are certain things that just stay within that group. Because if one rookie says, hey, we all do this, and the media comes over and asks them all about it, and it's just not as cool, then you got to get forced to talk about yeah. how you just get together with your buddies and have a barbecue. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not that cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Things have changed so much. You know, with this team, especially, I mean, it's it's so different than it used to be. But um, I just love the dynamic that we have that we didn't have for you know a long time there. For you know, I mean, from really even through the Dick Vermeil years, uh, we didn't have a great dynamic then. Uh, Trent was a great guy, and but a lot yeah. of the players didn't gel well with each other. Um, a lot of a lot of books should be written about that time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And if people were only around to see what went on, um, 30, on the, 30. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Um, if it was all unedited, a lot of, yeah. yeah, a lot of people would have to get a lot of lawyers first, but, oh God, yeah, oh. yeah, there would be a lot of, there would be a hell of a lot of disclaimers signed before that ever happened. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, Sick. <laughs> what are the statute of limitations? Like how far are we out? <laughs> people would be yeah. floored. Yeah, People, they would be. Yeah. They would definitely be floored. Um, it's like that everywhere. It's not unique to any one place. It's just no. there's stuff everywhere. There's, it's funny. You, you know, you hear about other teams and, you know, you hear about the Texans and you hear about the Raiders. And, and yeah, it's more prevalent in other cities than it may be in Kansas City or wherever, you know. But, uh, you know, I look at like Von Miller. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Von is one of the most loyal people that you'll meet. And he reminds me a lot of Derek in, in certain ways, but he modeled his life after Derek. But in the same aspect, yeah. you know, he could have went anywhere. He really could have, but he stuck it out and rode it out with a team that's really not very good. And, you know, from the GM down, they've had struggles. So, and I don't know if that, you know, always stepping down has made much of a difference because he's still calling the shots. No matter how you look at it, you know, I mean, it's still always saying, hey, this is not the move I want to make. This is the move I want to make, you know, and you're going to do what I say type of situation. We don't really have that problem in Kansas City. It seems like, I mean, you know more than, you've been closer than any of us, but it doesn't seem yeah, like not we have that meetings. issue. I'm not going to, yeah. I will pretend to like know the dynamics of those meetings. Yeah. Um, and there's stuff I know and st- like stuff. I, yeah. 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 Nothing, well, nothing. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I mean, believe me. 
Well, um, anyway, so with Nick Bolton, what before we wrap this up with this free agency stuff that we got, you know, with everybody that we picked up, what do you think we graded at free agency wise? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, how do you not give the offseason an A? Like yeah. I, I know yeah. it's a homer way of looking at it, but give me any other example of an offensive line for a quarterback in his prime, like Mahomes, that got redone in one offseason the way that Brett Veach mm-hmm. and exactly. they completely restructured restructured it with high quality players in just a few months. Like that doesn't happen. That is so much planning. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary there's so many things that can go wrong in any one of those plans and I had a feeling that something big was going to happen at Let's Tackle not because I knew anything because I don't mm-hmm. ask those questions even when I talk to Brett or anyone like I don't ask those questions yeah uh, but when you're going after um, well, anyway, um, when you're going after a player like Trent Williams and it's reported and they're not denying it and it tells you that they think they need that position yeah. and not yeah. to get like over just simplify everything like if you just yeah. everybody tries to look so far like you can't see the forest through the trees yeah. it's like we were targeting a left tackle and missed out so everyone just thinks well now then the next best plan is to just hope a good left tackle is there at 32 and we're gonna take him yeah it's like in what way do you think people who are really really good at their jobs in the nfl think that that is the best value like the best plan to -hmm. solve that issue yeah an unknown player 31 (laughs) picks later is going to protect Patrick Mahomes in the prime of his career yeah you can't window like there's no way so they went after Trent Williams it didn't work out okay go look at every tackle in the NFL who is one or two years left on his deal who's at the end who the team drafted a young tackle who's got a young guy behind him that they like that they would be willing to part with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just, or put it together with like an Orlando Brown. That was an easy one. There are some other tackles that they could have been targeting around the league mm-hmm. um, that are older, that are very established that they did make calls on not breaking news here, but yeah, it wasn't just Trent Williams, Orlando Brown or bust. They were yeah. working a lot of different angles on things and yeah. they got it right there. And so for me, watching it unfold on social media where the sky was falling after the yep. Trent Williams. We actually named like, our show. We got to wait for the draft. And I was like, yeah. there is no chance. And I put it on Twitter. Like there is no chance that they are banking on the starting left tackle being an unknown pick at 32 going into the draft. Yeah. That we actually named one of our shows. Not a thought process that they would have. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did. We we named our show "The Sky Is Falling" after we signed. Um, was it Thuny? Yeah. yeah. No, actually, it was over. Whenever they weren't picking anyone, it was before they were talking to everyone. Everyone was freaking oh, out. Oh, that's what it was. Everybody kept saying we kept missing on all these players, and I, I finally think- said, you know, I said maybe if you really look at it from a GM perspective, maybe we really didn't miss out on anything. Maybe we dodged a bullet. You know. There's so many different variables that go into this. Optimistic way of looking at it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you've got to look at it from a different perspective because I'm not a GM. You know, these guys on Twitter that are bitching about every player on the planet that we signed or didn't sign or missed out on, they're not GMs. They've never played a sport in their life, a professional sport. They've never gotten to that elite level, you know, and it's it's very frustrating, like you had said, and, and we had talked about prior, that it's frustrating to see somebody, especially with what Beach has done. I mean, for Christ's sake, look what the guy has done for us in not just as a GM, but as a scout and and everything he has brought to the table. How can you sit and doubt what he does right is going to do next year or the year after? You can't doubt what the man does anymore. It just can't. There's one thing to have discourse where like your buddies who just disagree with you, like your good friends who just disagree with Mm -hmm. you, the fact of disagreeing. I think some people tweet, treat Twitter like that. Like they're talking to their best friends when they disagree and some of that, and some of that's people, that's just how they fan. I think it's worth at least noting that some of those people that are argumentative and one of the biggest argumentative people on chief's Twitter is a friend of mine and he blocked like half a tweet Twitter and he's notorious, but I know him well and I know he's just disagreeing with people because that's how he is. Yeah. Uh, but he's not disrespectful. In, I guess he is. Sully. They're not Sully Cheese. So, like, I know him well, but if you just don't, if you have an opinion and you share it and you believe in what you believe and you say, like, hey, I disagree with him, I don't think that's disrespectful to say, like, here's my case here's why i think it's different here is why i would have done something different i don't think we should all just be like everything brett does everybody should just praise it if you feel differently yeah but it's that crossing that line exactly that's where a lot of people just go too far and that's where like that hot take radio is everyone who crosses that line Mm -hmm. where you got to do four hours of radio can you not can you get right up at that and then not cross it or you just have to live on the other side of it to completely just keep like keep it going rocking the system exactly. so yeah. uh yeah yeah we had a guy that but... uh that was similar to that um and i don't know if it's the same guy or not but uh he just seems to block everybody i mean if you disagree with anything he has to say he blocks you it's instantaneous who What'd oh yeah say? he's blocked everyone yep <laughs> his brother blocked me his brother david blocked me and honest to god i never said anything negative like to a degree i mean i can't say it was it wasn't He's, negative. He may have just blocked everyone that had hashtag Chiefs like on their timeline ever. Well, it's so crazy because you know he had put out that his brother was the best quarterback in the league and that he was gonna go to the Super Bowl. There was no doubt. And all the doubters out there might as well just hang it up because Mahomes, there's nobody else else in the league that's better than his brother. So I actually I went on to his Twitter page and I said, Are you saying this because he's your brother? And it's just homerism. Or are you saying this because you truly believe it? Because if you really truly believe that, David, come on, there's something, 
it's just not right and you know you're just being really genuine with that very question mm-hmm. like why did you tweet what you tweeted exactly i you wasn't weird about it tweet I that you it. tweeted yeah i i and i said that i said you actually that's a passive aggressive call out though jp like, it may be it may be everything I mean, you just put out there because it sounds really awesome so nice about it i mean i wasn't like half the guys out there that called him every name in the book i just asked him a simple question do you really believe it or is it just because he's your brother and he just came across I more sarcastic to, than uh, maybe like, i guess just... i don't know but all at once i saw a block and i went what the fuck i didn't even say anything negative i mean i was just asking him a simple question and i was nice about it you know it's like he just blocked me and i was like i know you think he's the second coming of joe montana but is there a chance is there a chance just a little bit closer to joe namath <laughs> <laughs> And that's the crazy thing, just kind of seeing, like, (laughs) kind of just kind of see how some of the sports casters, you can tell when their favorite team, like Skip gives the Cowboys all the time. He gives them all the love in the world. It doesn't matter if they're two and eight. He's like, there's still a chance to go to playoffs. And it's just, it's just kind of interesting to see that fan and a sports caster dynamic for their teams at certain points. Skip's a genius about markets and who Mm -hmm. he speaks to and who's listening and how many people. And he's got to play at a different... Yeah, they've got to play a different game at that level. And so, like, we can all make fun of it, but the reason he's saying what he's saying is not shock jock not to do this. It's about markets and all like Oh, easily. Yeah, he's a marketing genius. It's a very calculated thing that's actually pretty intelligent (laughs) uh, from a sports media business perspective. It's just annoying from a content perspective. But we're playing in different ballparks. Like yeah. it's not the same game, and so I don't yeah. see that as the same thing that we do. Yeah. So I don't disrespect it or say anything. It's like talk radio. JP, you and I talked about this. Like yeah. sometimes I'll be like, "Why did that radio guy just say that stupid thing? Exactly. Or why did he ask that stupid question in the presser? Yeah. Um, he just pissed coach off, and the whole rest of the presser's ruined. Exactly. I yeah. knew he wasn't going to answer it. Yeah. Um, but you got to do like four hours. Of con- you got to do four hours of content a day. Like you, that's hard to do. Yeah, you do it, it every single is. day, all week. Like you're gonna say things that people disagree with, exactly. and you've got to get yourself going. You got to come up with takes, and you can't just sit on the fence for, you know, four hours every day. Well, yeah, and a lot of it's marketing. A lot of it's like you said, it, it, mm-hmm. Skip is a marketing genius. You know, there's been times that I don't know how Shannon Sharp hasn't reached across the desk and smacked the shit out of him. I don't know if I couldn't have. I really don't know that I could sit across from him and not smack him at least once. You know, during that show, every show. Yeah. But that's just how you know everybody's dynamic is different and everybody looks at things differently but uh you're right i mean he's a marketing genius he's made his millions off of it and mike florio is the same way he's made a ton of money off being mike i mean what else can you say no comment yeah no <laughs> yeah I, I, exactly. one national media person you know <clears throat> six years i worked for the chiefs that never was even requested to interview yeah never wanted to do anything with him and i went yeah. to every single thing that's all I did was run around trying to get media interviews. And I, from the moment I got to the T, I knew better. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah. He's uh, definitely a different person. Um, his, uh, his whole Tyreek Hill take had me done. And even that or the takeout Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Yep. Take, that, 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 was, that one got some, that one uh, got some attention. Yeah. Oh my God, brother. <laughs> you know, when I you mean, had the owner's wife saying something, it did not go well. Yeah, I mean, he really, he pushed a lot of buttons, and he still does. I mean, he, you know, he, I don't know how he's lasted as long as he has physically. Um, I mean, in one He's going to go after him, but they're smart people can go after, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anything else. These people are 
playing at different levels. They really are. They really are. So there's not much you can do about it. Well, you man. Go after that dude. No, no. I mean, you know, one time I had somebody within the organization tell me that Brett Beach and Florio were actually good friends at one time. And I thought, really? Um, no, he's done his show before. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't know that at that at that time, I didn't know that they were close because of everything that Florio was saying. But also, again, I, I don't know how far Pioli, that's gone yo. now. Huh? I know Pioli and Florio were very close. Well, that, uh, that wasn't obvious during the that wasn't obvious during the coverage to anybody with common sense during yeah. Pioli's time. Yeah. Uh, it would have been when Pioli left and immediately got hired. Yeah, by, yeah. By Florio. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and it doesn't surprise me to be honest with you. With Pioli, it doesn't surprise me at all. But um, regardless, well, um, it's been a blast having you on, man. And I know you got a lot of work to do. That's fun. So, hey, I'm always, my kids are asleep. I'll be working. Yeah. yeah. I know <laughs> how you feel, brother. I know how so you feel. My daughter, nice, my nice daughter sits in the other room. I appreciate you guys letting me join you. Oh, man. Yeah, thank you, BJ. On, dude. I mean, it's fun. My daughter's in the other room. She listens to all the shows. She actually <laughs> sits in the other room and she listens to the shows. And she wants a Twitter so bad, but she's too young. So I tell her, no, you can't have Twitter, but I'll let you listen to the shows. And she does. And she loves them. And she tells all of her friends about it. You know, and she's, she's a fit, getting ready to go into sixth grade. So when she finds out that we have like a you on or a JJ on or a Willie on or somebody that's Dude, those know, guys are cool. Those guys know, actually he, did he, something. Those guys cool, did something you know? important. Yeah, but you do. You're doing. You, you do a lot. Of, I talk to important though. people. I no, ask questions to important. Let me tell you people. something, and I'm going to say this now, and I, this is not anything other because I am very unfiltered. Caleb will tell you this. If there's somebody out there that I don't like, I will flat out say it. I don't fucking like you. But you have done such a phenomenal job with this organization over the six years you've been with them and even longer really and you know with what you're doing now and what you've done in the past dude i've had a, we've had sam uh Mellinger. We, we had sam Mellinger on we've had harold coots on we've had rob rob collins on but you were the one that we really wanted to have on the show and i think i dm'd you a while back <laughs> and i know you were really busy and then we started talking after the fact, and it, it, it's just one of those things, dude. You've done a great job with this team, and the fact that you're so optimistic, and you're because you remind me so much of us when it comes to guarding these players, because that's what I do on a daily basis. Is I guard the players, whether it be on Twitter or whatever. The, and some of these guys I've never even met, but I will still yeah. guard them because they deserve to be guarded. They shouldn't be trapped. You know they what they put shown. in. You exactly. Yeah. You've been around an NFL player and. It, all professional athletes to some extent put in the time yeah but the physicality of what these guys put in it was the same 20 years ago if not worse uh, exactly the way that they were being taken care of or lack thereof because it wasn't the education or the science or the technology that we have now to, to take care of guys better than we've done in the past at least try to yeah um, you see what they put through i'll never forget watching tom ali post game get on the plane and struggle to get up the stairs yeah yeah and then i'd get on twitter and we had lost the game everybody's complaining about tom and not caring and doesn't even look like he's trying and i'm like you fucking assholes exactly yeah, sorry yeah. to yeah. sorry to be like the language but it's just like oh you're not those people feelings. have no idea yeah and it's like are they bad people or do they just speak without thinking or they just don't have any context because they don't get to see what i see that, these are things going through my head and I'm just trying to process it like 
exactly who am i dealing with people aren't this there's not that many people out there that would act like this to your face so well, and that's what the is thing. it about this and just they can't see it so then i took upon my job my job not to fight false narratives but to humanize these guys to a level that you could at least respect the effort they put in to yeah. maybe for some people think twice before they say oh that guy didn't care that guy didn't exactly. want to be here. That guy exactly. sucks. It was like, you can't say that guy sucks. Didn't want to be here. He's bad. All these negative things. While at the same breath say, I trust Andy Reid completely. Andy Reid wants that guy on his team. Andy Reid scouted that guy, watched that guy and agreed that that guy put on his team along with Brett Beach and everybody else. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what ways. we said this for so long. And I, you know, Willie and I have talked about this so many times over the years that, and like I just mentioned, Willie, I mean, I've watched the man walk out of a restaurant with a cane. You know, and his knees were so destroyed. And I, you know, and I, the day, in fact, I remember specifically a day I ran into him off Ward Parkway, actually. And I was, I was actually walked out of the bank and I was looking down at what I had in my hand. I was like deposit slip. And I almost ran into him, like face first into him. And he looked at me and goes, what the hell are you doing down here? I said, I just went to the bank. What are you doing down here? And why the hell do you have that cane? And he goes, I'll be all right. And I said, okay, but what's wrong? And he goes, my knees. And to watch him walk down the street at 34 years old and he looked like he was 60 years old or 70 years old that had been in a car crash, it was scary, but you also knew because you've been around players like this and what they go through on a daily basis just to get back out on that field on Sunday. If these guys that bash these kids or these guys would even have a glimpse of what they go through to even get to the NFL and then physically to deal with what they deal with, it's, I, I do, I don't, you know, some of them may not yeah. ever have a different mindset, but I wish they could see some of it. I really do because it's, it's, it's horrible to see somebody you really respect and care about struggle like that. I mean, Willie's had nine knee surgeries, nine. I mean, who the hell? At, he's my age. We're a month yeah. apart. I've had yeah, my share of broken, you know, broken bones and surgeries, but nothing like what he's gone through. Yeah, it's so, just a matter of perspective, and if they had the ability to see what we saw what you saw back then what i saw back when i was you know with the team then they would feel differently so it's just yeah. a matter of perspective and access and education yeah and so yeah that's pretty that's, much anything in life where people disagree you're uh, right access education yeah. talking things out getting hear some see someone else's perspective agreed agreed hey, Caleb, i don't know if i told you but when bj and i were talking on the phone mm-hmm. uh, we realized that we both went to the same colleges both the same time. oh you guys did yeah oh Ten yeah big, apart. BJ i'm a lot older than him <laughs> yeah i'm a lot older than him but uh he yeah people don't know me as a baseball person yeah they <laughs> don't like a they... baseball person long before i was a football person see that's what like people don't realize me you know as far as my background either but they don't realize that that was my first career my first love was baseball and because i'm always talking about the chiefs or football and that's really what i stick with but when we were talking, it was like, wait a minute, you went to Iowa? Yeah, me too. Oh, wait, you went to MSU? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I recruited there, but went to awesome. MSU, yeah. And they just won the regional. They're going down to D2 World Series again. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Uh, but it was kind of crazy. Dominant. I mean, we're, we're so different. I mean, I think you're, uh, you're let's see, you, you said you got out in 03? I uh, graduated high school in 01. I left uh, Central in 03 after we won the title, and then I was at K-State till 06. So, you got, oh, nice. so you're 11 years younger than I am. So, because I got out of my last, well, 
my last year of college. If I so you're approaching the big one. I'm you're approaching there. the big one. I'm already there. <laughs> yeah, he's already, already, happy I'm, birthday. I recently, it, brother. Yeah, I passed it. I'm, I just turned 51, which okay. I, I don't. I don't mentally feel like I'm 51. Physically, okay. I feel like I'm 71. But yeah. I'm 38, uh, so I'm getting. So you're a lot younger than I am. Closer. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're you're getting there though. You're 12 years younger than I am, or to 13, I guess now. Yeah. So. Yeah. But my sister is uh, four years older. Though. She'll always be old. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's how it always is. It's so funny. I'm my wife's three, three years younger, three and a half years younger than me. So. Oh. It'll always make me feel old. Yeah. Yeah. My wife does <laughs> that to me, and she's actually a year and three months younger than I am. But she makes me feel like I'm four or five years older all the time. She just she makes sure she throws that out there that you know she's still in her 40s you know no matter how she <laughs> is, she's still in her 40s so uh but anyway man we really appreciate you coming on i know this has went a little longer Absolutely. than expected but um we would love to have you on again man whenever you got time and um yeah we'll so i have something to talk about we've got some more stuff coming up uh with kc sports network so we'll announce some of that stuff over the next few weeks and then let it fly media has got um hopefully hopefully uh some big announcements soon so that should be good that's awesome, brother. Awesome. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm glad you've uh, you've gotten where you want to be, and you're just you're going to continue to climb. I know I can tell, you know, people that can Thank you. they can see it, and they got the vision, and you got it. So, uh, man, it means a lot. Hey, brother. Um, anytime. But you, you know what? With that being said, I think uh, we probably will let you go so you can go get some work done because <laughs> I know you're probably going to be All on right. the computer for a while. But yeah, I'm um, just log off and start working. So, and I will. No, I appreciate. Be, give you a call on the other stuff too because that might be the other stuff we had talked about today so that might be um, something we can both help each other out on as well so okay if you're yeah if you're yep yep so with that being right, said see you guys we appreciate it appreciate thank it, you Peter. thanks brother yep all right guys uh that was bj kissel on the show and uh we really appreciate him coming on that was awesome huh caleb yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you again, BJ. Really do appreciate just having your insight on the game. Just awesome because we get to see you as the Chiefs, not a Chiefs insight, but someone who actually worked within the Chiefs and got to kind of see and hear the cool stories like hearing Philip Gaines saying he's one of the most mentally tough players that uh, the, his coach ever had in 20 years. And to, to hear that stuff and to hear about players that he didn't, he said that Chris Jones is waiting to play against week two is against the Ravens. So I wonder what player Chris Jones doesn't like. And just kind of hearing everything. I mean, it just shows you BJ has a lot of um, insight about the game. And it's just, it's awesome to see. It really is. And it's, it's so nice to have somebody that actually, again, is similar to us in so many ways that care enough about the players, even though BJ's met most of these guys, we haven't to, you know, in a, on a, a personal level that to that degree, but we care enough about the players to defend them and to mm-hmm. keep their honor alive. Even though a lot of guys don't want to believe that these players are worthy, they are. And if that doesn't tell you anything with what BJ just said, then I don't know what can help you in the future. And you might as well stop watching football because he's, you know, he's been around this team for a long time. He understands the aspect of all of it. And this mm-hmm. to me, you know, we, you and I have talked about this on the show for two straight years and it seemed to be that nobody really paid much attention. Some did, some didn't, but this should be an eye opener as to not just the continuity within this football team, but what these players go through on a daily basis to even make it onto the field. I mean, it's so difficult to be an NFL player, regardless of what area you're in. It is very difficult to be there. 
it was oh, hard enough sure. you know it was hard enough to be a baseball player bj and i talked about that you know weirdly enough we did both went to the same colleges you know i was recruited to one that he went to and then i was sent down to cmsu and he went down there as well but um it's so weird to talk to somebody that has the same insight mm-hmm. and believes the same things you know and that's what we've um we were lucky to have him on i mean it just oh, really, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're wrong. One actually story that sticks out to me, and it kind of comes full circles when he's talking about Tamahali. Mm-hmm. He's saying he's barely get, having issues trying to get up to, to the presser, saying he was struggling because of his knees. Yeah. And I remember his last season, he was struggling as a Chiefs fan. I was like, um, Tamahali, what, what's going on? I'm like, he's not seeing like he's playing. Is the heart there? And as a young fan, like, I was confused. But now I understand that. I'm like, yeah, man. And learning about the game more and more. It's how about how he put out there on this field. Looking back at it, man, he was limited to participant in practice for weeks. Yeah. yeah. And he still went out there and somehow still, and he still did his thing. So it just kind of, it just shows you just to have this insight coming from BJ and what he's able to bring to the Chiefs team as a whole. I mean, it's just awesome to see. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So I appreciate it because just able to see um, from an insider perspective, it just it just blows a lid off everything. It really does. Day. You know, the things that we have talked about on the show for all this time, you know, when we brought up Willie and the situations with his knees and how much pain he's always in. And mm-hmm. other players, for that matter, that, you know, that I knew prior and what we see now, you know, with, again, a Tom Bali that, and when he, you know, when he retired, you know, when he did the one day contract, you can almost see when he was standing there, just standing there, he was in pain. And oh, yeah, he's living with pain every day, every day. And if anybody knows what that pain is like, and I don't know to their degree, because I haven't been. I mean, I've had a lot of broken bones and a lot of issues in that perspective, but I know what I feel like every day. And these guys are younger than me and played an extremely hard sport, a very aggressive sport for a long period of time. So they've, you know, my pain is minimal compared to what they've been through. So I can only imagine how they feel every day, knowing how I feel every day. You know, I have a hard time getting, sometimes getting out of bed. And I think about that and I think, you know, I've got it pretty easy compared to a lot of these guys like Willie and even Tamba and guys that have played, you know, 10, 12, 13, 15 years in the league in positions that you get beat to death for every Sunday during practice, whatever the case may be, you get beat down. It's a honestly the three sport. toughest positions. I think where you get beat up all the time is offensive line, defense line and running back. Yeah, it really you're always is. getting hit. You're, I mean, you can say linebacker too, but I know who's running back. You're always getting hit. Offense line, you're always getting hit. Defense yeah. line, always getting hit. Yeah. So it just kind of shows you, man, take the mental toughness and just see players going like Tomba year after year after year to just do what he could do. He just tried and he tried. And yeah, I was one of those fans at one point not understanding what is what's going on, but just to hear that stuff I and mean, it just kind of shows you, like, dang, it it just shows you. I mean, because. 
any point I would have been like tweeting someone back saying, you don't see this man struggling, but hey, it all works out. And I wish players who have retired as a chief, like Tabahali and many others that I appreciate everything they did in their sacrifice because they're paying for right now with their bodies. But I know one thing is that the Clark, the the Hunt family is able to help them. So I know that's one great thing to see. Because like you said, they always make sure to help them. They always the former have. players. Yeah, they always have, and they, and I don't think that'll ever change. You know, Lamar was great with all of his players. Um, the only problem that Lamar ever had was allowing one individual to kind of control the narrative for a while, and that narrative bit the Chiefs in the butt. What was the narrative, while. if you can share? When you when you allow someone to step in as a GM. Oh, okay, gotcha. And you don't, you don't put, you don't. I guess you don't reel in the reins. You know, you don't pull the reins in and keep control of what your core values are, and you allow someone else's, whether they be values or a detriment, to control the narrative. Mm -hmm. Then that really puts a one. It puts a bad taste in players' mouths. Um, oh, for sure. Like, you know, they don't feel like the ownership cares about him. And when he really did, he always did. His son does. It's not a matter of that. It, it was it was a different time. So it was a little more difficult for Lamar. He was getting up in age. He needed somebody to step in that was able to step in and had the quote unquote background to step in because his sons weren't ready. And just take the reins and, and run with it. And did he have two misses? We had one major miss. And then again, after he passed away, there was another miss, but you learn as you go. Everything is a learning process. You know, life is a learning process. And that's what I think Clark has done so well at learning from the prior mistakes. And I'm not saying his dad was a bad guy in any way. But everybody makes mistakes. Okay, everybody does. And I think Clark has taken all of the attributes from his father, the great attributes, and then mm-hmm. learned from the mistakes that he may have made with certain personnel. And he has made what we have right now, which is a phenomenal brotherhood from the GM to the water boy. And everybody on that team, and if it tells you anything, when an owner will give out 700 Super Bowl rings. 700. Yes, you know owners don't be doing that. No. They do not be doing that they at don't. all. No. Our good friend, Philip McGruder, works for the Chiefs, who's been on the show. He got a ring. He did. That's saying something, man. It I is. mean, this shows you that they have a big heart. They do. They really and, do. You know, and, and you know, he gave them out to guys like Philip that, you know, they greet people at the door or they, you know, they whatever the they, they tell you where your seats are or whatever the case may be that's saying something in my opinion that is saying we are a class act organization that actually cares about the people that work for us and they want those people to stick around and i think that's the attributes that clark got from his father and his dad was always like that i'm telling you i mean he was one of the nicest down-to-earth people you'd ever meet and it, it didn't matter honestly it didn't matter who you were he always had a nice thing to say to you. He never ignored you. He would just walk up and say hi to you. You know, the first day I met him, 
I was blown out of the water as to how, for somebody that was honestly the richest person I had ever met, you know, at that time, uh, to be so down to earth and so um, normal. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know any other way of putting it. He was, it was like your next door neighbor. You know, it, oh, it's, okay. it, it was such a different dyn- dynamic compared to a Carl Peterson, which was nowhere near the level of a Lamar Hunt. Not whether it be mentally, uh, financially, uh, anything else for that matter. But Carl was an absolute asshole. There's not one person I know that actually spent any more time than five minutes with that man that didn't say he was an asshole. And I think he put on a very good show for Lamar for a long time. And it, it didn't, you know, it didn't work out well, but Mm. look where we're at now. Okay. We had Paoli like BJ brought up, which was not a great GM. Um, He lasted longer than we expected. I didn't think Peterson would last as long as he did, but I got to tell you when I, when I, when he, when Clark decided to get rid of uh, Dorsey, that told me then that he was a very, he, he, he wasn't going to let it continue. He wasn't going to let it drag on eight, 10 years. He wasn't going to let this same path get it of, done now, get it done, move forward. You see something that's better. You see somebody that's going to treat your players better, put you in a better position, put the team in a better position and you're in your in, in the overall fan base in a better position that's what he did and he made the right moves to make that happen and to me that's just you can't ask for anything better you know you just can't so you couldn't ask for a better situation than we're in right now and i love the fact that bj is so um, adamant about like protecting frank clark and protecting players that get bashed because frank has yeah. done everything for this team keep playing and- out there sick he played and, and dude, how he's many times did I sick. say that? Dude, how many well, you times didn't. Did you I said say? he's dealing with something. You Correct. never really said the reason. Well, I I, I did mention. You still we stomach, still have. But I did say no, and I wasn't ever going to say what the stomach issue was. I said he had a stomach issue, but I never was going to bring up what it was because it wasn't my place. It's his place. If he wants to bring up what was going on with his stomach, then that's on him. That's 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 his choice to make. It's not my choice, just like BJ didn't bring up exactly what it was. But him and I had talked about this prior, that we knew this. But when you bring it up and you say something, people don't believe you. Well, a Chiefs insider just said the exact same thing that we have talked about. You've been saying for years. I've been saying for a long time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe it now, then you're ignorant. Give JP his – I think everyone right now should really give JP his uh, credit. Because well, he has said some things. Now, he hasn't outright said them, but he has alluded to things that have been true on more than one occasion. We've been doing this show for all, almost two years, almost a full year now. And you, every showman grows alluding to something. You're, you're not wrong. You're not well, wrong. You know what? It's not, you know, and honestly, I, I appreciate that. But it's the whole thing is, is it, like BJ said, you don't want to be in that position that you have information that everybody wants because look what's happened to me. You know, they've come after me on Twitter. They've come after me on social media. You know, God forbid that a player that we talked to didn't sign. You know, hell, I even had players plane flights and it was still the same thing. It's not worth it. And that's 
Well, yeah, I don't, the, were you the one talking about Thurl Thomas back yeah, in the day? Yeah. You, I remember, really. actually, before I knew that, I saw him, like, how do you know the plane flight? And then, as you said earlier, they had a deal, or it was pretty close, and then, but he broke his leg. Yeah. It, so. It's just one of those things that you don't want to break confidentiality with the people that you trust, and they trust mm -hmm. you. And you don't want to be in that position that it's not the, it's not always the greatest thing to have the information that you have. It's not the best thing in the world to have all the time, because, again, BJ alluded to it. You get blown up, whether mm -hmm. it be good or bad. You get, you know, we all have, BJ has a full-time job. I have a full-time job. You have a full-time job. You go to college. It's very difficult to please everyone. And I mean, I've got 13 DMs sitting in my uh, inbox right now that I haven't answered. Is at least one of them from, the, from a viewer? Yeah, they're all viewers. <laughs> they're all I mean, viewers. listeners. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, it's, it's when's the next show coming out? Are we going to sign Julio Jones? What about this? What I mean, it's one thing after another, mm -hmm. after another. And it's like, you know, I, I don't mind answering anybody. I really don't. But I'm not going to give you more information than I um, am willing to give. Just send an eyeball emojis to everyone, man. And make yeah. them speculate on their own. That's what you got to do. <laughs> and I've done it. You know, I've done that just to mess with people. You know, they'll ask me about some ass player that I knew was signing somewhere else and I put out eyeballs. You know, <laughs> I do it anyway. I, I mean, I already knew the contract was going somewhere mm -hmm. else. But I would put them eyeballs out there because then, you know, it's funny to watch the speculation just fly. And you sit back as a person behind the computer going, what the fuck? These guys are actually believing because I put a set of eyeballs up that they think we're signing this guy that's, and that's already got thing. a contract mm -hmm. somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Well, I mean, that's one thing I've noticed is like, and people like to throw out, oh, this person's going to be signed in 24 hours. This person's going to be signed. Like, honestly... At this point, I really, I know people used to say it does, it's not true until Therese, as we all know, Trez is in career. It's just sad to see that he's lost. But at this point, man, I trust you. And I just kind of trust information because I mean, I've been what part of Chief's Twitter for what, three years now? Four. Kind of been understanding the inner workings and looking at things. Yeah. I can kind of tell in a way, if we're seeing reports about something, it's going to happen. Prime example, Marcus Peters, they're saying, oh, Marcus Peters is in trade talk. We're like, what do you mean you're going to trade Marcus Peters? He got traded for a fourth and a sixth. I mean, you can kind of tell and finagle if you really understand the game. Exactly. You can exactly. kind of tell what's going to happen. We really don't need the insider. You just got to kind of take those moves at peace. Now, you're not going to know where that player is going to go, but you know a move's going to be made. Exactly. And, you know, it's no different than when, you know, we Marcus Peters is a great example, but it's no different than when, we found out that Eric Berry was going and Justin Houston was going. Mm -hmm. I did not believe for one second they were going to get rid of all three in one year. And in fact, I was told that they weren't going to. Um, it didn't It didn't end up happening. So I didn't go to the extent that other people went to, um, other outlets. I actually voiced my opinion and thought, no, this isn't going to happen. They're not going to trade all three players. Not in one season. What are they going to do? Who are they going to, you know, who are they going to come in? Who are they going to fill these spots with? Mm -hmm. But then I find out after the fact that they have people lined up. Did I say anything? Hell no, I didn't say anything. I kept my mouth shut because you're, you're, you're breaking confidentiality. Number one, that's the first rule of this, all of this. And number two, you're, you're taking the chance of losing a player just to be the guy that put it out. And when you do something that's stupid, then you don't deserve to have the information that you get and you don't deserve to be part of something that you're lucky enough to be a part of. And it, 
it all boils down to trust and respect. That's really mm-hmm. what it boils down to. It, it, that's it. You know, B, uh, BJ trusted me enough to tell me some things and we've talked and, um, you know, again, he doesn't have, you know, he's not an insider anymore. You, you know, he doesn't get all the information that he used to get. Um, he still talks to a lot of guys. He still is in contact with a lot of the players and he's still in contact with the team. He's doing the exact same thing he did before. He's just doing it on his own, yeah. which I commend him for that. That's, that's something that, you know, you, there no risk, no reward. And he's taking a risk on himself, which he should, because he's extremely talented and he has a very bright future ahead of him with what he's doing right now. And I think it's just going to soar from here. It's not going to go downhill. It's just going to go up because he's already built his reputation to be who he is. And which is an honorable person that cares enough about the players and cares enough about the city and the team to be unfiltered and tell people, you know what, if you don't like it, you're an idiot. You don't know this man. You know, all the Frank Clark bashing is still going on to this day. He will bash anybody that goes after Frank Clark, just like you and I will. So with that being said, I mean, you just have to take it with a grain of salt to some degree. And I've I've had to bite my tongue numerous times. And there's times that I haven't. You catch me on a bad day and you say something stupid. You're going to let people someone know quick. And I'll let them know quick. And that's just, you know, it's, it's part of it. You know, it, it, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, you get to a boiling point that you, you don't want to, I guess you can't continue to listen to it and deal with it without saying something. And it's happened to me numerous times. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it just is what it is. But I'm not going to let somebody sit and bash these players when I know what they've been through. I know their life. I know how difficult it is. And what and a lot of these guys, where they came from to get to where they are right now. You know, that's the hardest part about when I listen to these guys bitch and complain that lived in their suburbs, you know, in the, you know, with their mommy and daddy and probably still do. And they're bitching and complaining about a player that came from absolutely nothing with maybe a single mom or, or, or maybe no mom and in a shitty neighborhood and came out of those trenches and made a decision to take the, the right road instead of the left road and became a superstar athlete, mm-hmm. regardless of what you want to say about those players these players are human beings that work their freaking asses off to get to where they're at. And they fight through every injury. They fight through every ailment. They do it because the love of the game. You know, Frank, if he didn't have that contract, like he said, he'd still be playing ball. So that tells you right there, in, in, in my opinion, that tells you everything about his character and what type of person he's always been and what he's always going to be. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know any other way of saying it. So no, you know, no, our no. guys, how many guys, you know, how many guys have, it just happened again with another guy on Twitter that argued with me about Sammy Watkins restructuring. I know you remember when I said he was going to restructure if needed and somebody blasted me. It was two years ago and they said, Oh, he never said that. I said, yes, he did. And I promise you he will restructure if needed. And I said, along with seven other players, and they did restructure, and Sammy was the first one that did restructure that year. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you can bash people like this guy bashes Beach. He's been bashing Beach since Beach became the GM. And that's the thing, man. We just have to ignore these people. It's, yeah, 
you got the good side, you got the bad side, and then you got people who are just there just to cause problems. And I mean, exactly. I mean, it what can, what it honestly, is. we can't do anything today. These people are let them be grouch, let them be mean, let them be evil on their own terms over there. Everyone will be okay over here. Just try to spread positive. And that's one thing BJ has always done. And I really do appreciate him. And even what we do with our brand, we've always exactly. tried to be informative and tried to make sure people understand what they're talking about. Yeah. And people, I know we haven't agreed. People don't agree with some stuff we put on. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's going to happen. But I'm not going to go blash. No, not you real, can't I'm not, please you know, everybody. We gotta have you can't, yeah. you, I mean, I work in the customer service field. I know one good and well. You cannot please anyone because you're going to have no. a Karen coming at one point. You have exactly. kids, Karen. Prime example. And before I know before in this, I know we're kind of go long, but I'll just say this. Mahomes was drinking, having a good time. Kelsey, during the Super Bowl parade, you had all these Chiefs Karens complaining about it. I'm like, you realize how much they they put into? Mahomes' knee was in the side of his leg. Kelsey had an IT band. I've had those before. Those are painful. Oh, yeah. Painful. You can't even, if you sneeze, don't hurt sometimes. I'm telling you. So let me people play on BB loose. It's going to be okay, but... It, I'm just saying, cheese cream, it's going to be okay. We are entering the golden years, and it's going to get a lot better. So he's just be prime. prepared. Yeah, he's Easily, in the prime yeah. of his career. Actually, oh, well, he hasn't even entered his prime yet. Not I even mean, entered his prime yet. I, I mean, think uh, we in for some, what, 8, 10, 12 years. Oh, God, easily. And, you know, it's, it's one <clears> thing to win a Super Bowl and have 14 injured starters, including yourself, and still – come out 12 and four breeze to this, the playoffs and win the super bowl, not breeze, but beat mm. and, and, and breaks playoff records that nobody's ever come close to, you know, down by 10, down by 20, win by 24, same in the super bowl, the, 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 the whole narrative behind what they did that year to win that super bowl, to get there and then win it is iconic in its own. That is a totally different situation than a Baker Mayfield that's sitting at an Indians game because he has no other game to go to getting hammered and biting holes through beer cans and then pouring mm-hmm. it all over himself. Okay. If you're going to bitch at somebody, bitch at him because he's he, at that time he was an arrogant little bastard that thought he was better than everyone. And he found out that he wasn't when he was sitting at an Indians game while Mahomes and everybody else was, you know, celebrating a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. So people could say what they want. He's a young guy. That regardless of how you look at it, he's still a very young individual and he's a human being. So they're going to enjoy their life while they got the chance. He's not doing anything stupid. He's a very respectful, responsible individual and a very humble individual. And as far as I'm concerned, Travis Kelsey is too. So let them be who they are because we could be another team that have had nothing but issues and problems and strife year in and year out and players wanting to leave and players never want to come back. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we could be the green Bay Packers right now that their star quarterback wants to get the hell out. You know, we could be the Atlanta Falcons, their star wide receiver said, I'm out of there. We don't have any mm-hmm. of those fucking issues. So everybody just be happy with what you've got. I mean, God, I, I, I know worse. I say that a lot. It could be so much worse than what it actually is. So, um, Anyway, with that being said, BJ, again, we really appreciate it, bro. And uh, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. Um, we, we we loved it. So great to have somebody on of your stature and your personality and just who you are as a human being. That's really what it boils down to. So uh, with that being said, man, what, you got any parting words? 
The only thing, only thing I'm going to just say, I'm going to keep it brief. Just appreciate you guys listening to the show. I know we, this kind of month of May has been kind of a little iffy, but I know one thing is JP and I are going to be more consistent. We got, actually, we were just working the other day. We got something big coming out. Yep. You might be able to see our guys' faces pretty soon. That's all I'm going to say there. And expect more shows to come pretty soon because I think uh, I got a couple segments I haven't come in mind. I think you guys are really be excited, especially hearing from other teams, um, their fans. There you go. There you go. So uh, everybody stay tuned because we're working hard to make this uh, the best brand out there. And we will continue to work hard and be as consistent as we can possibly be to get where we want to be and where you guys want us to be. So with that being said, um, I think we're done, brother. Yeah, I think we're on too. Thank you guys again for listening to the show. Thank you. Peace out, guys. See you next time, Trish Keenum.